to like have a like to see like two or three pieces of mine on display for the gala, you know, I can. There might be a different reason to do it because you live there. Maybe you got some connections. Yeah, in the Pacific Northwest, I do you know some people in Seattle. So, but it's just kind of like I guess you make decisions of when to do things yeah. and when not to. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but I remember thing i'm just it's just coming to me you were um you, do you remember the lola festival here in london the london ontario yeah Live i talked Arts to someone festival? about it the other night yeah and you had a billboard up for that right yeah i did and, I and had it was a- across from yoko ono if i remember correctly yeah i think it was That's yeah cool. yeah and um and i was defending yoko's work the other night because <laughs> they were they were talking trash about her work and i was I like, like they were saying well she sent all these blank canvases to lola or something and they there was some piece where she did it. I believe it was earlier on, a few years before that. I'm not sure, but and the people would create the work for her. She would send instructions, and I was like, "Well, no, that's the way she works." And that's cool. And there's a lot of people that work that way, and she does a lot of projects around the world because it's the way she works, right? And she's actually when I I briefly met her with Henry, my youngest son, right. at a signing, and she seemed very nice. You know, I've heard a little bit of mixed stuff about her, but I mean. It's hard to be in She that, deserves whatever... It's hard to be in that spotlight. Yes. I mean, you just think of people the way they would treat you and how to, you know... Yeah, she's you, arguably one of the most famous people in yeah, the world. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, she comes over to your house and sits in your chair. What do you, like, not let anyone sit in that chair anymore, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, well, so, no one's sitting in that chair but, again. But Lola was interesting. Yeah, I, I did some... Um, I did some uh, when it was... A, it was a map piece, if I recall. Yeah, it was, it was drawn on the Gulf Islands um, on computer paper... And um, and then taped together with masking tape, and then it was it was a, mem- a map of London that was drawn by memory of different uh, uh, places and things and little in jokes, things about my, about my uncle who had passed away and certain traits of his place and like and like Western and Guy Lombardo and like yeah, I yeah, thought I Kim Mitchell now. had filmed patio lanterns on the on the on call the office's patio, which turned out to be wrong. Oh wow! And then Michael Andaji, and I probably spelled his name wrong when he lived uh, in various places and like taught in London and like. That's right. He little, taught here. That's right. There was little bits and pieces of things, and but I also did these bus shelter pieces that were on film. And Paul Wald has one now, <laughs> and I still have them. They're actually rolled up in my in my house here. We still own in London, but um, they're on like uh, they were backlit signs that were up. I don't know if you saw those. I don't think I remember those. I don't remember if I showed it Lola two years in a row or they were. The, the billboard was at the same time as the bus shelter things. Though they were like, no, 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 I remember the bus they, shelter thing. They the, weren't actually at bus shelters, but they were like advertising blacklit signs. I remember that because there was a whole bunch of artists. They did all the bus shelters downtown with yeah. them. That was somebody's idea. And yeah. probably the reason I'm not remembering is because there was one on every bus shelter. And I just, <laughs> I, you know, I'm yeah. old. <laughs> yeah. I just don't remember seeing yeah. the one that you did for that. Yeah. I remember the billboard a lot, though, because I, I stared at that one a fair bit. That yeah. was pretty, pretty nice. I know one thing I was going to ask you, Mark. Oh, yeah? Um, now, you played music with Prince's brother-in-law, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Did you know how you uh, that? I don't know how you would have known that. <laughs> now, now, Prince's wife, ex-wife, lived in London. Um, she was in Toronto. Yeah, but didn't she, was she originally from London? Her brother... It was in London, and I can't even remember his name now. So, so Prince's wife's brother lived in London. I think so. Oh, but did Prince come here to hang out? I uh, we never saw Prince. No. <laughs> yeah, but, but you don't. Well, know I, can't, I, can't, I can't remember that guy's name. Yeah, we got some stories because I used to go to uh, what's it called the the 
Paisley Park or whatever, they used to go there and record. And there was two guys that I knew, and they were actually brother-in-laws through... So that's the place, his house in Toronto? Uh, no, that's in Minnesota. Oh, you went to his... No, 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 no. This is, oh. no, this is just the, somebody who I didn't even... I can't even remember. I wish I could you remember. recorded at Paisley Park, even, though? No, 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 no. Oh. This was these guys. Oh, oh okay. They came and played with us because... You didn't they just wrong. Yeah, no, these guys came and played with us just because I don't even know how it was. George, George Mitchell was one of them, and I don't remember his... His bro- oh. And his brother-in-law turned out to be Prince's brother-in-law. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you know that before you started playing no. music with them? No, we figured that out later. Did he tell you? or you? Just I think it? it just came out through George, because George was going, because George would go there, and he was a great bass But I player. heard that you used to drive around in Prince's car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're probably yeah. wondering how I know these yeah. stories. No, so. no, we never drove around in Prince's car. <laughs> you didn't drive around? No, 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 no. I thought it's a story I heard. Oh, that's probably something getting exaggerated. No, uh, see, I had Prince's brother-in-law. I told that story, too. <laughs> <laughs> Prince's brother-in-law in my attic about four times. That's as, clo- that's a, as close as I ever got to anything uh, of Prince's. Did you know, now, Jen Fraser, my studio assistant, <coughs> told me this, that Prince's, not se- what do you call it, a seamstress, like a costume clothing designer, okay. lived in London. No, that I didn't know. Out near the fairgrounds. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, and she showed me the house. Now, I can't remember. There was someone she knew that lived beside them. <laughs> I, see, I love that stuff. That's what I live for. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is, that, is that trivial or like a shallowness of me? Or No, I get a kick out of that too. And, like and it's just kind of un, un, undiscovered facts. You know? yes. Just weird little connections I between people. I love that stuff. Like, I would, Oh, because I, I remember I was talking to a local writer here about Michael J. Fox. I got my facts totally wrong. <laughs> and he was from North Bay, not Vancouver or Burnaby. Oh, I didn't know but, but, cause, but I had told people he lived in Thunder Bay. <laughs> you're just out there, you're out there spreading rumors. No, I know. I'm like, over the, oh, they go over the, over the fence, kind of like um, chatty. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Is there any good? Is there good any good uh, Sault Ste. Marie trivial bits? Oh my god! Pop culture kind of stuff like who's who's the most famous person from the Sioux? Roberta Bondar. Gonna say that and Roberta Bondar, yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah. uh, Phyllis Posito. Musicians or anything? Pardon? Any musicians? There must be a, mm. a local we can, music scene. We can do a quick think. Wikipedia search of the Sioux. <laughs> I don't need to do it after. <laughs> have to do a follow-up interview. Yeah, you maybe maybe you'll, you'll have to go live there for ten years. That'll be my Sioux Saint Marie drawing. Yeah. I'll show an art gallery. Like, oh my! Go, go live there for ten years. No, no. Walk yeah, a mile. Like, walk a mile in their shoes. Guy, he wasn't very well known, but uh, he, was wearing, he was wearing really weird clothes. But he used his sister used to cut. Hey Mark. Yeah. Hey Mark. Yeah. When, yes. When we're done, um, can you show Jason that 180 Projects gallery? Oh, okay, that's and that's uh, that's the that's the one that you've been working with in the suit, right? Yes, and that's where I have my little studio as well. Oh, oh right, wow. right. So you okay. were so yeah. you were just uh, there was some photos on Facebook I recall recently of doing some construction in there and building walls and stuff. Yes. Um, if you go, if you type 180 projects and just show it to him, that that'd be great. Um, Andrea Pinheiro is uh, the owner of the gallery. Now we're uh-huh. we're starting uh, to organize ourselves. We can't pay artist fees yet, 
So uh-huh. we're applying for grants and stuff to do that. But we're the alternative gallery in Sault Ste. Marie. And uh-huh. we're, uh-huh. we've just formed a, a group of, we just got together with a group of artists, emerging artists. And uh, yeah, just just show it to him. You never know. <laughs> Yeah, well, if, maybe if you ever do like a fundraiser or something, I can submit something or like a collaborative piece or something like that or something like that. Oh, you know? that is so nice. Thank you so much. That would yeah. be that I would mean, be a just, boost um, for us. Uh, well, you know, sometimes it's it's hard, you know, because you you get so much lined up, you make so many promises, and there's certain things, you know, that mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes I say stuff, and like I remember I was supposed to do a talk at at. Um, Etobicoke School of the Arts in Toronto because I did a, a, collage, a collage party there years ago and I think it's been like eight, nine years that I was supposed to do the, the talk. Yeah, don't worry <laughs> about it. Happened, but Just it, it the really... fact that you offered it is enough. It's it's a yeah, beautiful like thought. Different communities, you know, like I did a project in Brantford recently and that one worked over pretty good, but it's kind of within the region of Michael Gibson Gallery. So, but, um, and now they're showing a piece there right now out of their collection. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing all sorts of stuff. I've got like a lot of things lined up and some things I can talk about and some, some things I can't, but, but yeah. Because <laughs> they're not, they're not cemented they're yet. Not confirmed and like, yeah. kind of like. Not like they're top secret or anything, but like... Well, you want to make sure that they're... They're, they're solid, yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's some exciting stuff coming up. But we're also doing a little project through the Burnaby Art Gallery and uh, some small things. And sometimes people approach me and they're like, well, we, 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 they kind of think I'm too big time to do something. And I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm sitting at home strategizing, like, what am I going to do this year, you know? like, But then you get some things lined up and then one thing... You know, you open your email one day and that's pretty wonderful, you know, like just like the opportunities. It really varies. A lot of stuff doesn't pan out, though, you know, like a lot of stuff you spend a lot of time with. You need organization on everyone's level, right? And sometimes the people you're dealing with might not be organized enough to even make it work out, right? Well, you know, you get to the point sometimes where you're shipping something off and you're not actually getting it back. Yeah, you wonder whether you ever see it again. No one buys it and you're, 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 you're dropping your price too much and like... And then you're like, you're actually like, well, I'm actually losing money by doing this and it's taking up my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At some point. Uh, yeah. You, you kind of do like, it's just kind of like, you have to, you know, you only live for so many years and, you know, I'm not like the, the youngest guy on the block anymore. So, but I don't know. It's interesting, but sometimes you never know where the break will come sometimes, you know, like I showed some work in Brandon, Manitoba before. You wouldn't expect the break to come from there. No, but there was there was surprisingly quite a few people that had gone through and seen the show, and I I referenced Brandon a little bit because it's just kind of like it was like the Southwest. I forget what the gallery was called, but the curators seemed really interesting. And some people move on from certain places. You know, you talk to them one year, and then ten years down the road, they're in a major institution. You know, like you know, like. You talk to a lot of people, like I know, like Dino Guidas from the Vancouver Art Gallery. She's recently left, and she, I think she's doing some independent things. But she used to work at Museum London in London, Ontario. You know, and these people, these people remember you, you know, you from certain times. You know, like you get younger people that they move their way up, mm-hmm. and like I don't know. So you, you sometimes, not saying you have to do everything, but but doing lots of things is a good thing. Yeah, no. As much you, as you can 
afford yeah. mentally and physically. But then, I mean, also sometimes you start burning yourself out a little bit too, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. You have yeah. two sons yeah. as well, like, right? I was like, she says to me like, I don't know about these one night events and one night shows and certain things. You put all this effort into it and you get all excited and then it doesn't go over as well as it does. And then you get kind of bummed out. You're like, like you're almost practically giving your stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm making one of a kind posters or zines or something and then no one buys anything. And it's like, uh, and you get all yes. out and like, you're doing it to make the community better. And then you get someone poking fun at you or chewing you out for like doing something. I don't know. And then you're like, and so a good thing backfires on you, you know, but it really varies. Sometimes you get the, the best things come out of the small projects though too. So I don't know. It can really vary. So, so you got, I saw when we were in the, the gallery at Gibson, there was a few red dots. Did you make a few more sales then? At yeah. That yeah. It's been a successful show like press wise and um, sales wise and, uh, and turnout wise, exposure wise and audience wise. And like, I, mean, I got on the CBC radio uh, in London here, um, which is almost, they don't do many art stories no, at no. all. So uh, with Chris Del Torres, Afternoon Drive, I think it's called. And um, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. But it was very brief, but it was just a lot of people heard it. And it was just, I kind of, I kind of talked to him and, and said, you know, like, it would be great if you did more arts coverage because there needs to be more in this city, you know? And because there isn't a lot. And, when you were telling me about your, your your blog or your podcast thing, I was like, oh, wow, there's the other things. Because I really dug around for a few nights trying to uncover things. Right, like, right. I did an interview with C Collective, like S-E-E yeah, Collective. Know that, yeah. And they're, 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 they're quite good, and they're fairly new. And uh, and then I did a CHRW interview and mm-hmm. a London Fuse interview. And then the Free Press, I guess, covered my show well, on nice. opening night, and I didn't even know about that. And then Emily Carr School in Vancouver did a little piece of it. It was about seven pieces of press, but the, you know some were bigger than others. But then I, I was hoping that something would happen, maybe in Canadian Art, or they had a little blurb online about it with an image. But um, and I was hoping Canadian Art or Border Crossings might cover the show. But um, we'll see what else happens. See what I can dig up. I'd like to try to get some sort of TV coverage of some sort. TV sometimes makes you look a bit like a fool, but uh, <laughs> the editing's tough on TV. Yeah, but you know sometimes you can learn how to work that, you know. But yeah, but as far as the red dots and sales, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I could tell you the background of things a little bit, which I I, I could go into I do all, but um, you know, you know, like you know, a commercial gallery they generally get fifty percent. Yeah. You know, and then there's like you know you know client discounts and then there's framing and then there's shipping and then there's, i know i and there's gst and then tax and at the end of the day you're making a few hundred bucks of material and like so you know yes. it's good but it's just um it's not as good as people funny, might think you know because some people not saying you no, but no some people i i spend time with and this happened to me again on this trip they start going around with the prices and start adding up how much money i made he made like a hundred thousand dollars it's like and, well and, not quite and it's like that's some of the things they only like, and surprisingly the people that'll talk about that and they don't seem really like commerce driven people but like it's like it's almost like I guess that's how they view success but not like not like I don't want to make like not make money but you know but it's just kind of but it's it's nice to know that there are no, Canadian artists out there support, who can have yeah. like drawings that are selling for like $5,000 I think yeah. that's great right because that's yeah. not that much money 
<clears throat> no, well, there were, some of them are a little more and a little less. Yeah. But, like, and they weren't the big blow. Yeah, I'm just throwing out a, as a number. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Cause but, it, but no, no, I mean, in the scale of the art world, in the world art world, you know, it's not a lot, a lot of money. But, I mean, it's nice when you can, you really realize how much there is to be offered in this region for, like, collecting, you know. Like, it's just, I, I've, I've talked to um, certain people, I'm like, this community just keeps giving and giving. You know, there's a there's a lot. That's you know, true. they're very supportive, and they buy a lot regionally and locally. And like, and as far as like, um, uh, I I didn't really think it was here that much of that. You know, and I think people can sell the city short sometimes. You know, they see the the downtown, they see it's a little smaller than certain things. They they see some like desperation a little bit, even though unemployment I think is at an all time low. It, uh, I've heard, and you know the city's really coming back as far as the tech industry and such. Without you know factories closing and various things that have changed and stuff, but I mean it's just kind of it, it's a pretty good place in a lot of ways. You, like know? you got like, the right attitude, right? Because yeah. a lot of people just think that it's impossible to make any money at it, and they just don't even try. But you got to know that there are there is money out there, yeah. and the people that well, buy art don't think of three or four no, or six thousand well, dollars. I mean, well, for one thing. Not saying I'm the most savvy guy on the block, but I've been around for a little while. But you have to learn the history of what's going on and like, and who does what, and like, just like who, who's done writing about things, who runs places, what places show, why things, like, you know, what is available at certain archives to research things. What is what's the history? Like, does anyone I reference some of my pieces to learn life young contemporaries? You know, does anyone even know what that is anymore? Like, it's just like. I'm not saying it's the most important thing ever, but, you know, like, does anyone know that London Life here has this incredible collection? Incredible collection. You know, like, does anyone know about the Blackburn family? I mean, they're, I mean, like, there's certain, there's certain things, does, does anyone ever go to the Ivy Business School here in London and see the collection of work out there? You know, like, it's, it's a national collection they have on display. And it's just, there's so many little secrets. Yeah, I didn't know about that one. There's, there's always I mean, so many secrets, and I was just like, and I was like, so, uh, the American side of the swearing. No, no, it's okay. Everyone swears <laughs> <laughs> uh, Go ahead. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I was like, someone has to come up with, and if someone's listening to this and listening to this in London or wherever in the region, make an app about southwestern Ontario, like Hamilton, London, Sarnia, Windsor, Kitchener. Make an app of what's going on in this region like Seesaw app out of New York and Berlin and like all those different centers and make it and you'll show what's going on and like just even a listing to start it There's out. more to it than people would think. Because there's way more to it. It's like when you say there's like two or three major galleries in London, there's way more than oh, that. Oh, no, no, yeah, that's no, true. No, it's so true. Like you're just like, there's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, and like that place is something up, that place is something up. And I even went into a vintage store today that had kind of prints up and like, you know, certain things and like, and how many t shirts and like, where does the drawing lot, you know, yeah, the line yeah, drawn. Yeah. And like, and not like I'm Mr. Optimistic, but sometimes it's better to. I've talked to some people that I won't say who, but who's been having relationship woes lately and just like, you know, do you look at things half full or half empty with the glass? You know, like, you know, it's just not like, not like I'm because I get down too, but it's just like sometimes that role of being optimistic can such a lift, you know? Well, I think that people do have to realize that there's a lot of things that is possible and there's a lot of money in London. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so I think like selling art in London, I mean, I'm not saying it would be easy. It's never easy. Well, you have but to you have edu- the right attitude. You have to educate. You know, you have to educate the the people that will support it of 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 what's going on here. Because you know, there's certain people that I've known that have collected work for a long time here, and they didn't even know the artist-run center here in London, the Fourth City Gallery. Right, and I was right. like, I was like, really? I was like, well, I guess not. I mean, I sometimes you forget. You know, you get caught up um, in in your setting sometimes, and you're just like, you forget that you're outside the norm. You know, like some people still get excited by hanging out with a musician or an artist. You know, like, like they think that's a special event. You know, like. Cause they don't associate on a regular basis, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but do you have any pieces? Uh, has Museum London ever bought, picked up? Any? Yeah, they have actually. Yeah, you know, um, um, Museum London owns three of my pieces. Yeah, and they don't have uh, a large scale, substantial, like the bread and butter work of mine in some ways, like the three foot by five foot piece that the kind of size that I'm known for. But, and uh, it'd be nice if someone would donate one or they would purchase one of mine. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, but they've been, they've been somewhat uh, supportive, but you know, that show that did go to Algoma art center when the, when the work was being shown in the, just my imagination show, they could have got a large scale work of mine for the third of the price like number of years earlier, but they didn't purchase. Yeah, that's too bad. And, I mean, it was a large group show, but it was a very good show. It's typical. They waited quite a while. Oh, you know, yeah. I think the National Gallery had already bought my work before. Oh, so you have stuff in the National yeah, Gallery too? Yeah, before they bought it. That's yeah, good. yeah. And I rode the coattails of Brian Balot, this um, New York artist, into the MoMA New York collection. I got a piece, in, in collage, these two collage books with this table piece that's part of the MoMA. <laughs> that's and cool. Brian didn't tell me about it uh, when, when when it was actually being shown at the MoMA. And I was actually there when it was on, and I didn't go to that room. And my name was <laughs> on the wall. That's funny. So I would have that would have been funny to walk into that. Right next but, to an Andrew Wyeth? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, Let's mention Andrew Wyeth. Yeah, I had to bring him up. Let's talk about Andrew. Uh, yeah. I don't know much about it. Oh, that Christina's World is his big famous one. Right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we talk about it every <laughs> show. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, um, but I was going to say, um, yeah, no, I've gone, I mean, the, the Sarnia Art Gallery owns quite a bit of my work, and Bradford has some of my work, and I've had some work in, in some foundations in Italy, and, um, um, uh, I mean, I don't know if anyone wants to go to my website. I'll plug it with www.jasonmclean.weebly w-e-e-b-l-y.com. But um, I was gonna say um, I used to have jasonmclean.com, but it got bought by it got taken stolen from by a dating site. Oh um, no! Uh, Jason McLean Art of Dating is available if anyone wants to buy it <laughs> and then give it back to me. Um, but uh, I them for a while and then my .ca that I dropped out someone in Belleville Ontario I think took it over and I forget they do like home renos or something and they kept part of my zine CV on their website like accidentally I don't know if they couldn't get rid of it but um, <laughs> so for a while I was pretending I did home repairs <laughs> and this, this I shouldn't I shouldn't talk about it too much but there was this collector's 
well, this collector's widow, she she actually approached someone I know and said, is Jason doing home repairs now? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. That's I mean, funny. Yeah, people really do believe what they see online sometimes, and you don't realize when you're being satire, you know, like, like you know, that what people will think yeah, is true because they don't know you very well. But are we rambling on here too long, or is it good, or...? Everything is good. It's uh, yeah. as long as you feel like it. You, you, you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I didn't describe that. Um, that me being the only white person talking about Basquiat very, very well. But um, I don't know what I was trying to get out there. Just but to I, take a step back on that, how did it end up that you were asked to do that in the first well, place? Well, the doctor um, Ken Montague, that he's a dentist. Uh, uh, <laughs> He, I had known him for a long time, and we had always had this love of Basquiat we had talked about, and I almost traded him for a still of Basquiat from, uh, from downtown 81, and he, he had hung out with Basquiat when Basquiat came to Toronto, because Susan Malouk went to Beale Art, Basquiat's old girlfriend. Really? She's from Orangeville and lived in London, Ontario, and played in the punk scene. But that's going on a bit of a rant. But um, no, but uh, but Ken, we had talked a bit, and I showed a whole bunch of books during the Radiant Child, like books and catalogs and ephemera, the Real Artist Film Festival, all these cases at the last minute in Toronto for the for the, the Canadian film screening of that. Okay. And Ken and some of his friends saw that. And um, he knew I had a good, great knowledge. He'd been over to my place, and Ken's wonderful, and his collection is support of black, uh, 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 black artists around Canada and North America, and probably internationally. But um, he asked me to do it, and uh, they were asking me some pretty heavy questions, you know, about identity and stuff. And I guess some ways I was coming at it in some ways, because it's such a white art world, mm -hmm. and I'm like a straight white male, yeah. so coming on a black artist is kind of a difficult position to be put in, but I feel slightly outside of the norm with my mental health facet, not facet, but mental health situation where... I feel, I don't know how to describe it, but I feel like maybe... There's a point, there's a commonality or a point of yeah, intersection in there? I don't know if that's a fair comparison, but I was trying to come at it from some angle where I was like trying to be understood with maybe not being quite accepted in society or like being a black artist and not being accepted in the white art world. Right, right. But I phrased it well when I did that interview, better than saying it now. But um, but it was an interesting comparison and maybe not a great comparison. Like, you know, sometimes when you make comparisons of things and they don't quite no, gel. No, no, they're not. Like yes, grocery I, store? I understand. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm out there in left field a little bit. But, yes. but it, was, it was actually uh, a real honor to do. They did not pay me very well. And, I mean, maybe that's a bit of a cheap shot on a podcast about the Art Gallery Ontario, but I had to ask for $100, and I got paid $100 Canadian. God. To, they flew a film crew out to my apartment, and such and such, like my family had to leave for the day and such, and we did it, and 
I mean, I know, I know there's only so, so much funding sometimes, but they definitely didn't pay Canada Council fees, and I had to ask. Got paid, and I think I had to remind them to pay me. And some people are like thinking it's kind of big time, you know, and like they did like a little, you know, they used it online. They had it playing at the show. They gave me gala tickets to the opening. They didn't pay my way to Toronto. I had to later ask for a catalog for the show because they didn't even give me a catalog for the show. And they actually sent me a couple nice catalogs. I think in some ways they're a bit apologetic in some ways. And, you know, they're a good institution. They do good things. But it was the most, you know, to get paid $100 for one of the biggest spectacle shows in the history of Canadian art. When was that? A few years ago. Was, was, yeah. ben, was ben Portis there at the time? No, he wasn't. No, but um, but so it was kind of I don't know. So I mean, the opportunity was great, you know. But a lot of people saw me comment on it and like on 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 the work and the show, and I got a chance to meet the Basquiat daughters, or sorry, Basquiat sisters. Sorry, Lizanne and Janine, and get to briefly interact with Grandmaster Flash. Really? But, uh, That's cool. Yeah, but. Um, I shouldn't go on a gripe because getting asked to do something like that is a great honor. No, it's, it even, is. Even if it doesn't pay a lot. It's just unfortunate that they didn't seem to have their shit together as it were. No, like I mean, I felt less irked about it after they sent the nice package of stuff, and uh, I was like, oh, well, if I had to ask, you know, and then you know to ask like two or three years later for something, but I think they realized that they had kind of flubbed, you know. So basically, this was projected as part of the exhibition. Yeah, there and was it was like a, 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 a bunch of room of people. Well, there was an audio walk tour, so okay. I, did, I did some. I, there was, I okay. think, there was like eight people chosen to do a walk. So you did some of that too. Yeah, so I did a walk tour and talked about certain pieces. So they got me to choose which pieces to talk about, and some of them I talked about the most loaded pieces. I can't remember exactly what they were, but right. they're like, "Whoa, you're choosing that one." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm, that's, that's the one I feel most yeah, comfortable." Well, with. I don't know. Sometimes it's just like I don't know, but yeah, I feel bad. We, mention Ben's name and not just talk about Ben, you know, and talk about this Basquiat rant I was going on. Because Ben was such, he was such a, you know, um, he was such a, a supporter. supportive, supportive, yeah, yeah, supportive. we said at the same time. Yeah, he was yeah. the biggest supporter of the arts I've ever met in my yeah, life. Yeah, I mean, not always the most easy person to talk to and not, uh, He's really a good, great writer and really understood things better than I thought he did. Oh, yeah, he's and, a smart guy. And um, that was such a sad situation. I don't know. So, so you would have had some dealings with him then in your professional yeah, career? Yeah, more, more through, um, he wrote for uh, LO Today catalog that I was part of. And, um, uh, and, and, he, and some of the group were saying he really understood our work really well. And... Uh, I didn't work with him a lot. I, I think I talked with him maybe about doing something at the McLaren Center. And the last, one of the last times I saw him, it was kind of, it was kind of a little sad. It seemed like he was losing his apartment and maybe not, having, not carrying on with his job where he was working. Yeah, the McLaren job fell apart. He was doing freelance work after yeah. that. He had another apartment, and I saw him uh, last uh, spring. Yeah. And yeah, he is in this new apartment, but and he, he wasn't, he wasn't in a great he space. He had come back to the his mom quite a bit and we had done a trade um for um i traded him a piece for um uh a not now it's spasm band flexi disc the one that was in the old arts canada oh, cool. the very first now spasm band recording oh, wow. yeah i have it stored and it's um 
I traded a drawing for that. And um, the very first time I met him, he wasn't, not he, was, he wasn't a mean guy, but I kind of got put in my place a little bit. I was at the No Music Festival and I was backstage. And um, at the kind of the backstage room at the old Fourth City Gallery at Aeolian right. Hall behind there. And, and he's like, no, the pieces for the bands. Because I was trying to get the piece of pizza. Oh. <laughs> that was my first meeting with Ben. Have you seen how big he is? He ate a lot of pizza. Yeah, yeah. But whatever, whatever. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, so but a lot he of... Did, he did a lot. That No Music Festival, London, Ontario, New York City. Like, I talked to Alan Lick recently. Yeah, he knew Alan, yeah. Because Alan's come to London a few times recently to play. And he showed up in the Spasm Man practice. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he showed up in London. Yeah, I saw him play at the No Music Festival. Yeah, well, he came here within the last half year and just came to London and played and didn't tell anyone. And um, but I saw him at uh, Martin. We we'll talked to Martin Rev and and Alan Lick at the at the Alan Vega Suicide uh, uh, Memorial Show like week. And uh, Alan was saying he was just in London. So, huh. but um, yeah, because he knew Ben as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, in some ways, like talking back to when I started the day today and listening to my friend Genevieve Castre or Genevieve Gosselin, she, she died of cancer and her husband Phil did an album all about her and like she was, she's just given birth to a child and she died of cancer and then mm. he's quite a well-known musician from the microphones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil. And they used yeah. to stay with us and like in Mount, Mount Erie and like, and, uh, and she's, um, French-Canadian uh, singer-songwriter, cartoonist, and did stuff with John and Cordley. She did so much in her short life, but then she she died a sad life, and he did an album about it, and I was listening to that this morning, I was like, fuck, I'm just like... <laughs> bringing, just, bringing me down. This is... No, well, it, did, it didn't bring me down, but it just got me to think about the temporality of, uh, of everything. Like, someone's going to listen to this interview and, like... 40 years maybe like maybe and yeah. then they'll have to figure out the format how to listen to it because i don't know what were you doing in 40 years <laughs> yes. well, right. they'll have like pods in the air that you touch and stuff and we'll be teleporting and stuff and they'll be like this archaic cell phone thing and then they'll be looking back and think maybe if they study my work in some ways but i mean that's maybe boosting myself up a little bit but no you know what though there's always people that are archivists that are no, going to go I back know. well i have an archive at, at weldon library too so if i get this transcribed i can donate it to my archive right <laughs> right and you know somewhere down the road there's going to be some some student that was like i think there was an artist named jason mclean that lived in london and then they'll be like and like they'll see something of mine, they won't know anything about me, and then they'll dig around and they'll find this podcast, you know. It's just so these kind of stories. They things, stay there forever now. No, right? they do. Yeah. You know, like I don't know. I just did an, a podcast um, a few weeks back called Deep Color, and um, um, like it's color spelled the American way with uh, O R, and um, with Joseph Hart, and it, it came across so good. Like it was just. Been to so many levels. We got talking a lot about a lot of personal things, and uh, but art is very personal. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's good that you can talk about that because I think that's the kind of thing that people don't get from necessarily yeah, just looking at the work. Yeah, I actually think I like the audio format a lot. And oh, I should mention the Cough Park. Oh, that's true. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, this three-minute calling project that I've been working on with audio. Yeah, maybe you want to explain that. Yeah. Well, basically, like it's a. Uh, 
It's a telephone number. Let's see if I have the number on me here. I probably do. I have my physical phone book here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so I'll see. I don't know if I so have, you still have that number going? I think I have the number in here. I don't, it's a 347 number. God, I don't know if I have it on me. But um, I, I used to have it on my wallet. I, I bet you I have it in a Facebook message. Yeah, maybe you. if you can add it in. Yeah, we'll put, we'll put that in. Get people to submit. Um, but it's a it's a calling project. And Isabel, if you wanna if you wanna submit to it, <coughs> you can call and leave a dream or a ghost story or uh, or uh, a rant or just I mean if I guess a rant. But if you wanna leave a rant. Um, <laughs> or, uh, or, or like uh, Isabel is prone to ranting. Uh, field recording or talking. Cows or the difference of the, the Jersey cow and um, the, scent. the cow or something. <laughs> um, but uh, he, my parents have submitted. My dad did a hockey play-by-play, and but the, basically we, we produced a CD of submissions from people from all over, oh. like internationally, that submit to the CD. And then my friend John, it goes to his computer, and then he lays it out. And I work with my ten-year-old son Henry. And the new one, the fourth CD is coming out soon. So I've really been enjoying working on the audio format because, Interesting. yeah, I've been doing a little bit of spoken word stuff a little bit. And they're on YouTube, too. If you, you search out Cough Park, the cough is in coughing. Like, I'm coughing. Like, yeah, um, uh, that Mark just did. And um, <laughs> um, Cough Park Compact Discs, if you look up that on YouTube. We've gotten almost 1,000 views on the new CD, so um, it's... We've gotten them to like all sorts of people. We got them to like some of the Sonic Youth members and Talar, and like we got them to Rick Ocasek and like really? uh, John Cale got one from the Velvet Underground. And, and you and, got some uh, play on RZA. We got played on WFMU. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. Does Henry get credit on it? Uh, sometimes we go by pen names. He's uh-huh. known sometimes as Wheat Penny. He's really. <laughs> we sometimes at our band practices we do the money trading and collecting. <laughs> and we, we watch uh, videos on skunk apes, and uh, apes? we watch a lot of stuff about Newfoundland. John <laughs> JC2F from the band, he's really into Newfoundland. I lived um, there for uh, six years. That's right, yeah. You lived there for six years, yeah. 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 Is we your about... show called Cough? Coughing Part? Part? Uh, cough. Like, and Park, like, like Parklands. Like, like C- oh. C-O-U-G-A. Cough, yes. Cough Park, like P A R A. Cough Park, which is named after a park across the street from my house. It's called Cough Park. It's, it's called Cough Triangle Park. I see yeah. it. Because I noticed you had a whole bunch of um, photographs of like smashed up cigarette packages, and that was part of the Cough Park series. Yeah, as well. well, I do this thing called Sigs of Cough. Sigs of Cough, that's on, right. On, on Instagram, and my, on my, I got collecting a lot of street debris and cataloging it, and my. Um, my youngest son, Henry, wouldn't let me pick up cigarette packs off the street, even though I was fascinated with them and wanted to save them. And because um, uh, they sound also different and interesting. And the more cars that run over them, the better. Yeah, and just like generally like this discarded collections. And, and uh, but so I thought, well, if you won't let me collect them, I'm going to photograph them. And um, so... Uh, Calling so all skunk apes. Yeah. I see What's it that? now. <laughs> Calling all skunk apes. Yeah, skunk yeah, apes. that was the recent one. Yeah. 
And the new one, we've got a member of the Scissor Sisters that submitted to it. Oh, really? And, um, I know. We've got Brian Ballant from Gavin Brown Projects and Matthew Thurber, who's a wonderful cartoonist artist. Uh, he plays um, various kind of almost performative rock projects. There's also the, the Actually, the last one's mainly women. Uh, women from Southern Ontario. Mm-hmm. A very and stuff too, but it was amazing how many women would submit. Like it almost seemed like the men were a little more uptight or something. <laughs> but uh, so it was interesting because we, you never know what you'll get. Like we had someone call the other day because a friend, Callan, has done some wheat pasting around London of posters, and uh, which is the only wheat pasted poster in London, I think, um, which is just shows you how much opportunity there is for things. You know, if you, you're the only one doing something in a city of 500,000 people. Yes. But, um, but he, he was wheat pasting them around. I can't remember who I was talking about that, but I don't know. The, Women? Cough Park? Yeah, I lost my train of thought. I'm getting old. I'm losing my brain cells. <laughs> That's okay. We've been going for an hour and a half. So uh, we'll yeah. be uh, probably... Uh, making them into part one and part two yeah it'll be like uh, how long is the apocalypse now yeah <laughs> usually went. about an hour but uh we'll yeah. add also if is that okay if i if i rip some of that sound from youtube yeah yeah sure play some cough park stuff yeah that'd be great okay. actually. yeah so uh, when do you think that. when do you think this will be up um, I'm going to be probably posting it, uh, this week. So Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Okay. What's your podcast called? That's not art. That's not art. That's not art. <laughs> yes. Because so many people just say that about art. That's art. That's I can not do that. art. <laughs> I wonder if I've heard of this blog. It seems like something that's very familiar. Famous in London, Ontario, and Sault Ste. Marie. Apparently, I don't the podcast. I think so. We're not yeah. known at all. Well, we'll elevate it to new levels. I'll promote it heavily, and you'll get you get big in um, in in, um, in 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 Brooklyn, and like I'll be, I'll be interviewing like who you interview next, like. Um, it would be a good person. Yeah, because artists are, are pretty approachable mostly, right? Like, anyone who I know is an artist, and they like to talk about their own work, right? They like an opportunity to... Well, I think artists like to generally talk about themselves. Yeah. Too, yeah. But there's nothing wrong with that. No, that no. makes well, a good conversation. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, you have good stories. You know, you get a... You know, like... Like Jason walking around in his... his, uh, <laughs> his step... Not step... That, uh, father-in-law's clothes. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really told that one yet. <laughs> That's but, a good one. Yeah, but... But feel free to like tune back in if you want to do like a recap on something in like a year or something, you know, or or like uh, or like a next follow up. Or because there's some there's some big projects I have coming up, um, uh, some uh, things that are happening in the states that are going to happen, and like uh, I can't talk about it too much, but but uh, um, in a year you'll be able to hopefully. Yeah, well it's interesting, you know, because certain people come from different angles sometimes, so you know, yeah. But, and maybe you know if you can do, if we do it again, it can be maybe even a little bit more focused as well because it's not the first time, so you yeah, can be, be more specific. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not that I'm saying that there's a problem. I think it's yeah. been a, a great. The nature of podcasting is just to let it go, just to be like a conversation. So yeah, I'm Mark Marin WTF all the time. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, he, he, he's, he's, I, I met him really briefly, too, and gave him a catalog signed to him to a friend in the night. Oh. But I'll have to listen to your podcast and, like, tune into it and listen to it while I work. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've got, we got, what, like, about 40 of them now or something like that? Is? Yeah. Yeah. Well, our first ones, the sound quality is not that great because I was, uh, I've been podcasting for, uh, since 2004 with my husband and, um, David, David was always the tech techie guy. And I always felt kind of pushed out of the way because, uh, Podcasting became very quickly a place for guys. Uh, there weren't that many women podcasting in Canada. So I joined um, uh, the Canadian Podcast Buffet and a whole bunch of like podcasting across borders here in Canada. We were amongst the first podcasters. And then uh, I think Mark, Mark Marin popularized it, but we'd been podcasting for years be before that. And um, one day oh, wow. I just posted on Facebook, uh, anybody want to podcast with me? I'm going to start podcast my own podcast because I was getting really frustrated with uh, always kind of being a second chair constantly. Um, oh, with, it's, it's, yeah. it, I've, I've I can see how that would, you know, like, yeah, you I mean, sometimes I sometimes think about that with not to go on more with the the, the longer, long-winded stories of mine, but I sometimes tend to draw with males more than females. And it's just, I don't know, it's just like, I mean, being a female podcaster, I'm sure, like, I'm trying to think of the podcasts I listen to. And if I listen to many females, I mean, I guess it's like males, sometimes they just read male authors, you know, like, I don't know, but yes, but it's good. Doing it for so long, I've been like, you know, carrying. That's early on. Did people even know what podcasting was then? No. No, they didn't. And when we talk about it, it was always sort of this kind of embarrassing kind of thing. Where like you're a Star Trek fan. Like you're doing something that. Why? Why would you talk about what's in your fridge? You know, or what things of them like mundane things on the internet and send it out for anybody to to listen to it was like throwing a bottle into the ocean and we'd have like listeners from germany japan uh people that why are they listening to us you know basically uh, it was so strange, but we kept doing it because when you live in a small town, sometimes you have to develop some kind of hobbies. And this was the hobby that we had. And we we sort of, but what I noticed was that people always talk to Dave more than me uh, all the time, like, because I'm the wife and, you know. But you're more charming than he is. Oh, well, I don't know. Sometimes. <laughs> It, it, you know what I find sometimes is when I'm with my wife, who's very level-headed and the school teacher, and I'm like kind of like an erratic. No one knows of, what you're going to say. Yeah, you know, and like I was kind of like when when we're ever in some sort of financial meeting or like or like meeting with the with our teach with, with the kids, my kids' um, teachers, they always start talking to me at the start, and then partway in, they just talk to Heather, my wife. <laughs> I'm just, 
Well, I'm probably not listening very well or not saying anything or don't understand them. Especially the fight. I feel totally lost. So, so um, yeah, I know, what it, I know what it means at time to be excluded, you know? Yeah, but. so this was uh, my way to kind of be part of the podcasting world and to continue doing podcasting. And Mark, as I don't want to podcast with anybody than Mark. Mark is just, I don't know, we've, we've developed a sort of conversation style that took a while to develop. And once you got your flow, it, you, you don't want to mess with it. So I just wait for Mark to come up and ask me, do you want to do a podcast? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we should be, we should do them more regularly, but whatever we do them when they happen, right? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes when you, when you feel like you need it, you know, like, like, I don't know, like sometimes not striving to be like the number one podcast in the world. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and almost not having a, a set schedule where you no, feel like every Sunday at no, 4.30 no. we got to because do this. Because then it becomes more like a job. Yeah. Like sometimes, sometimes I like not making work for a little while, you know, and then when I get back into it, I get really hungry for it. And like, it feels really exciting and good, you know? Oh, and I'd say the same thing about this. This makes me, yeah. I, I miss it, Isabel. I really do. Like we should, we haven't been doing it as much as I would like, but there's just other things get in the way, whatever. But you get a good, you know, a good conversation going, and you realize why you do it, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. We we kind of go in cycles anyway, so that's really good. And I I am so happy, Jason, that you came. You you sound like a really awesome, sweet guy, and. Just too bad that well, I'm not well, in London well, right now. I'd give you a big hug and, and say thank you. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on the show. And I'll definitely give it a listen. You know, like, I'm always out there for looking for new podcasts. I sometimes don't know where to turn sometimes. I think they ask people to, ref, ref, you know, the, the recommendations or something. But, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you, you get, I don't know, it's... Yeah, because I, I I like listening. I like I don't like being like working alone. So I like having some voice or some sometimes. So you might be surprised if some of your podcasts start seeping into my drawings. Well, um, check out um, our podcast, Broken Area, with my husband. We every Saturday when we go grocery shopping, we record our thoughts and conversations. Oh wow. So yeah. you're welcome to join our listenership. We have a, a sort of a good listenership on that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I uh, food packaging. And John, uh, John's movie reviews are pretty good. <laughs> yes, that's right. My son, Jonathan, who has autism, he oh, yeah. uh, loves movies. And, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. And he does one every what? Not too frequently. How but... old is your son? He's seventeen. Oh, I should I should maybe get my oldest son to listen to it. That's awesome. My, my son, Felix is fourteen soon. He's very mature. Like uh, he watches. I mean, oh, he he's we work through all sorts of stuff. Everything from politics to Breaking Bad and like <laughs> the whole bit. You know, he's like, uh, but um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. It's a different perspective. That's for sure. So, Mark, you, sh you w would you show that to Jason? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, and you guys should connect on Facebook or something like that too. And, and, yeah. And, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get, 
I'll get some links together, and uh, like there's that 180. I already brought that up, so take a pan through that at some point, and your various your broken area. Yes, that's wonderful. Perfect. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you so much, Isabel. Okay, and we will. Au revoir. Merci beaucoup.